Hello and welcome to StarCast. My name is Eric Francis Compolino, the host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves horoscope column here with the first of a two-part StarCast on the forthcoming Virgo New Moon. Uh, I am planning to record two programs right now and uh, put them up together as parts one and uh, and part two and uh, do my little bit for uh, wrapping up early for the weekend. First, an announcement. The Planet Waves monthly horoscope is available. The September monthly, uh, otherwise uh, being referred to as the Virgo New Moon edition of the Planet Waves horoscope. And you can find that at planetwaves.net. And uh, just look under the monthly horoscope tab and you choose your sign. And the nice thing about how we do horoscopes is that uh, we have uh, all of your horoscopes going back to the beginning of the year. Uh, up through the September edition, all on one page per sign. And please do check your rising sign. Uh, there is a lot waiting for you if you know your ascendant. All right, so uh, let's first work our way backwards a little bit. The new moon takes place Monday. That's Labor Day in the United States at 8.51.40 p.m. daylight time. So it's a, a little before 9 o'clock. Uh, on the East Coast, the Moon and the Sun form a conjunction. Both of them are in Virgo. So the new Moon is also uh, expressible as a conjunction between the Sun and the Moon. They are, of course, going to be in the same sign. That's what a new Moon is. And uh, this happens about every 29 days or so. Uh, so working our way backward from there, uh, the new Moon takes place at uh, 14 and a half degrees of Virgo, that is to say right in new moon. Yeah, new moon takes place right in the middle of, uh, of Virgo, and um, it is making aspects to two different centaur planets. Centaur planets are, uh, they, they are like a, a combination of a comet, an asteroid, and a planet. So they are very highly focused energies. They push people. They can be disturbing to some people because of the kind of um, psychic demand and demand for awareness that centaurs place, and also because their action is not always convenient. So when a planet serves to make you aware of things, one, one of the things you get is that which you are being made aware of, right? So it's not the planet's fault. It's that you have, uh, have the stuff in your in mind or environment or your feelings or your background, whatever that you need to pay attention to. And Centaur shows up encouraging you to do that. So bear in mind, through all of this, we are moving into this new moon that is going to be opposite a centaur called Nessus. And I've been talking about Nessus lately. Nessus is the... Nessus, the centaurs all have a healing mission, and, and the, the healing mission of Nessus involves all of these matters of sexual consent, and transgression. It does not mean there is a lack of consent. It does not mean that there is a transgression, but there is a question of what the boundaries are, what the definition of each thing is, and how you perceive and feel and respond and experience your reality. So that's what we're looking at with astrology, more than looking for certainties. And so we've got this thing coming up on the radar, uh, you know, fairly strong. The new moon is imminent, even though it's, you know, the moon's got to move all the way through 
the rest of Cancer and Leo and part of Virgo. From the time of my telling you this, we're still headed for it. It's kind of singularity point. And the, uh, the, the, the question of the new moon opposite Nessus would be, who am I in the context of, of these issues that I perceive as being inherent questions and relationships or inherent problems or inherent circumstances or situations in our time? Part of the problem of our time is that we live surrounded in such ridiculous hazes of ambiguity and the lack of wanting to commit to a position. Even if the position is, well, I've got stuff I need to heal from, I'm going to do my part for myself and engage in my healing process. Hmm. Okay, so that's an important commitment to make, right? It, it really, really, truly is. Um, so keep that in mind. There's also the aspect to Chiron, which will just tend to prod and accelerate the same issue. Okay, so that said, that's where we're heading. Let's look at where we're beginning on Thursday. Um, I've got my nice little chart marked up in Sharpies. I'm printing a lot of charts for this program because I'm using them like flashcards. Um, so the, well, as we begin uh, today, Thursday, the moon is in uh, in water sign Cancer. Uh, the thing that the moon is, is doing is uh, making a whole bunch of aspects as it moves through the late degrees of Cancer. Uh, and one of the next aspects that the moon is going to make is a square, 90 degree, dynamic, exciting, something moves, something happens, something changes, 90 degrees, square. Think of square means something happens. Square Venus. Venus is conjunct Vesta. Hmm. I'm going to talk a lot about this on uh, Tantra Studio on my Planet Waves FM program on Friday night. This is really the uh, the, the central theme, but what we have with Venus conjunct Vesta is holding space for others. So when Vesta is pr prominent in the chart, uh, the person aware of the astrology picks up the theme and, 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 and in a sense, takes on the theme and, and uh, experiments with it in some way, considers it, experiments in some way, tries it out, whatever the case may be. And so the the... Aspect is talking about the person who's aware of it. And what the thing that Venus conjunct Vesta is saying is that, first of all, there is a question of sexual healing involved when you have Venus in a conjunction to a, a point like Vesta. Vesta, goddess of the Vestal Virgins, the, the women who keep the flame burning 24 hours, the city fire burning 24 hours, seven days a week, women chosen at the age of seven and serving till they were about the age of 40 or a little bit older. So the, the prime years of their life, their childhood, their young adulthood, their, uh, you know, all that stuff, all were spent in service of the temple and they were sexually chaste as in C-H-A-S-T-E. Now, when we see Vesta turn up in a prominent aspect, which it is on several accounts right now, particularly the conjunction to Venus, the reminder is to make sexuality more about others and holding space for others, um, being present for others, encouraging and allowing and facilitating others 
to be themselves. This takes maturity, right? To, to, to function in any form of a space holding or supportive capacity takes maturity. And part of the maturity is having your jealousy not under control, but having your jealousy arranged in such a way that you keep jealousy as your teacher. All the shadow emotions, fear, guilt, shame, jealousy, anger, hatred, all of that become, when we take them in a spiritual context, they become our teachers. And so Venus conjunct Vesta is saying, take jealousy as your teacher and be able to hold space for the love, the pleasure, the desired experiences of other people. This is a profound act of healing for anyone who encounters it, for the person who is offering it, who's learning the skill, and for the person who is receiving it. I'll have more to say about that uh, as, uh, as I develop this discussion, uh, but let's move on from that topic right now. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Oh, I'll go there. All right, I spoke about the, the action in the, in the position of Venus, and I talked about that as being space-holding. Mars takes a, a different type of uh, approach. Mars is more assertive. Mars is currently in Virgo right now. Uh, the thing that Mars in Virgo is doing as we speak is it is forming an opposition to Neptune in Pisces. So that's called the Mars-Neptune opposition. The Mars-Neptune opposition is, uh, first of all, cautionary against any form of self-destructive activity. So it's saying, slow down, pay attention, be cautious, and be cautious with your desire nature. The opposition to Neptune is presenting a similar picture as Venus conjunct Vesta. It's saying, don't necessarily act on your desires right now. Rather, hold space for the people around you. Hold space for yourself. See what's going on. Notice how you feel. Notice what you want. Notice what. Notice your kind of impulse power. Like uh, which way, which way are you leaning? What do you seem driven to do? What What is your motivation? That's with Mars. Now, it's not going to clear up for a while because Mars is going to be in that opposition uh, to. Uh, to, to Neptune, technically all day and all day tomorrow, but it still takes time when Mars comes out or any planet comes out of a, an aspect to Neptune to kind of have the fog clear and to um, you know dry off a bit. Now, fortunately, Mars is making many other aspects to other planets. Over the weekend, it's going to form a trine to Pluto and a quincunx 150-degree to Eris, and so Mars still has Mars being. What do I want? What is what exactly? Right, Mars in Virgo wants specifics. Neptune in Pisces is more about generalizations. It's more about I, I, I like this feeling. Oh, this is so beautiful. I love this whole meadow. But it, Mars wants to know like what specific plants in the meadow. Why does it? Why does this meadow smell like that? You know, why does it smell like cinnamon? Well, we'll find the flower that's making it smell like cinnamon. So we have this confrontation between the specific Mars and Virgo and the general Neptune and Pisces. And then Mars moves on and it keeps a dialogue going. It's going to talk to Pluto about growth. It's going to talk to Eris about where you draw the line compromising yourself. 
right? A lot of comp- people compromising themselves. Eris with Mars in the picture wants to know where we're going to draw that line. Then Mars keeps moving and it's going to talk to Jupiter. And the question is, what do we know? Jupiter is about knowledge. The, the collective, quote unquote collective, seems to think it's very smart right now. It seems to know everything and have every problem solved. Hmm. Maybe it doesn't. So with Jupiter retrograde in Aquarius, that looks like a whole boatload of belief. Based on what? Who knows? But here's Mr. Mars in, in detective mode in Virgo. Mars wants the details. It wants the facts. It wants the figures. And it wants an integrative approach. Mars in Virgo wants full context for the information that it has. And so it is this level of knowledge that, in my reading of this chart, is saying what really ought to direct people's individual choices. That's Mars. Their individual motives. That, too, is Mars. And like a lot of things involving Chiron, in this case Virgo, and Mars is in a particular position that's kind of ringing the bell on a very important uh, Chiron event that happened back in the 1990s today, there is a um, kind of a shamanic aspect to this. And, uh, you know, for those those, uh, out there in the world who fancy themselves shamans, well, I will tell you the shaman is never really a popular person. The shaman doesn't live in the middle of town. The shaman lives out on the edge of the village. And there's a reason for that, because this person is not supposed to participate in the normal social activity of the community, except as kind of an officiant or someone like that, and is therefore uh, going to be insulated from the delusions and the and the incorrect views and the popular attitudes, and and will only be sought out when their help is really needed, and therefore they must have knowledge that supersedes, that transcends, that is more accurate than the knowledge that the group thinks that it has. All right, that is the end. This is the end of part one of the Virgo New Moon edition of StarCast. I am planning to put part two in a player right below this one or in the next item on your feed, depending on where you're reading. Signing off, back in a bit.